Good evening. It's uh, good to be back with you all again, uh, and to to see you. Let us worship God by singing to His praise in Psalm 16 from the Scottish Psalter, page 216. If that's the if it's the book you're using, Psalm 16, verses 5 to the end of the psalm. 5 to 11 God is of mine inheritance and cup the portion the lot that is that fallen is to me thou dost maintain alone and perhaps I could make special reference to verse 10 the commitment in fulfillment on the cross because my soul engraved to dwell shall not be left by thee nor wilt thou give thine holy one corruption to see from verse 5 Psalm 16 to the end of the psalm God is of mine inheritance and cut the portion Thank you. 
Let us pray together. Lord, we invite one another to pray together. But you command us to pray. Lord, we, we are not praying in our own strength. We are not praying if we are planning what we are going to do after the service or tomorrow. And you know what's on our hearts. You see us through and through. All things are naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You see us in the very core of our being. And in light of that and what your word tells us, we are to be humble. We are to take a low place. We are to confess that in everything, even in singing that psalm, we sin. Even in being together in church, we sin. Sin lies very close to us. But we thank you there is hope and help in the gospel. Lord, we may be able to sit quietly or whatever. We may be able to hear what is said. But without you there is no worship. And we pray that your spirit would take of the things of Christ, new and old, and refresh our hearts with it. That you would open our eyes to behold something of the glory of the King and to say to you, to ourselves, and to one another in our worship, He is all my salvation and all my desire. Each of us come here with a, a variety of disappointments and burdens and you know them all and we acknowledge that too often we try to resolve our situations in our own strength but you tell us and we wish grace to do what you tell us <coughs> cast all your care upon him for he cares for you we feel the burden of our culture, of our world, of the chaos that man is causing across Europe, across Africa, and it's too much for us. We have rebelled, and yet your patience is experienced by us here this evening. It is of your mercy that we are not in the grave. We thank you that you delight in mercy. 
and we wish to delight in it too. Prepare us for your will and prepare us for eternity and give to listen this evening not for our blessing. Yes, there is a blessing but to listen for your glory. You are seeking worshippers and that's what we are professing to do here. And you know how we can't do that and we know how we can't do that in our own strength help us pity us and pardon us for Jesus sake Amen again let's sing to God's praise in Psalm 109 on page 389 of the Scottish Psalter Psalm 109 from verse 21 through to verse 27 and that's on page 389 and I would draw your attention particularly to the reviling and to the abuse and to the hurling of insults that was landed and aimed at our Saviour in verse 25 I also am a vile reproach unto them made to be and they that did a look upon me look did shake their heads at me Psalm 109 verse 21 to 27 but do thou for thine own name's sake O God the Lord for me
Let us read God's word as you'll find in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great resurrection chapter. We're going to read the first part of that chapter. Let us hear the word of God. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, then that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, or some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, and worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. And so on. And may God bless to us our reading of his word every time we read it. And we'll now continue to sing to God's praise in Psalm 31, which is on page 36 in Sing Psalms. And we're going to sing from verse 7 through to the end of the verse marked 12. And you'll see the reference there how Jesus was forsaken. I am viewed with dread by all my friends. They see me coming and they flee. These verses to God's praise, Psalm 31, verse 7 to 12. I will rejoice and take delight in all the love that you have shown. <coughs> Thank you. 
I would like this evening to consider the words you read in 1 Corinthians 15, particularly the words in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Of first importance, what's your priority? Oh, we would like the gas price to come down. We would like the cost of living to be sorted out. What is our priority? Is this the priority in my life and in yours? Jesus in the place of sinners. Jesus killed, buried, resurrected. Why? Why do you think that happened? You might think it's for your benefit. It is. But it's primarily for something much more. It's primarily to show us God's righteousness. This was to show us, to prove to us, that we have a righteous God. This piece of wood, the cross, you can't ignore it. You have, you've considered it perhaps, like the, the broken pot we were talking about in that psalm we've just sung. It's of no consequence. Have you heard the music of Calvary? Have you said this is a wonderful symphony of heavenly music? What happened there? This piece of wood suspends the greatest claim in history. You perhaps remember what Rabbi Duncan said of it. We are faced with a trilemma, not a dilemma, a trilemma. Three alternatives. He is either a deceiver or insanely deceived or is who he claims to be. A crucified carpenter saying he's God in the flesh saying he is divine saying he is eternal history hinges on this and so does yours you might say your history hinges on the day you met your bride the day you were born the day you were diagnosed with this that or the next thing your history your history hinges on this man on the cross do you know him each of us here this evening will make a judgment on this. You will say, well, I've heard it all before. Or you will say, I think I can switch off now. Or you will say, I have better things to think about. Or you will say, this is absolutely wonderful. 
I don't know I can't tell by looking at your eyes I might be able to tell you're sleeping I might be able to tell you if at least you're awake but I can't tell what's going on in your heart but I know somebody who does know what's going on in your heart you will make a judgment on this tonight but there's more God is making a judgment on you tonight you're answerable as I am for what happens in here in the next hour this week as some of you know one of our grandchildren is getting married and about three or four months ago we were planning to do something so we got a lot of little pictures little uh, passport pictures which we were going to stick on something or other for the wedding but the powers that be my wife and daughter decided no that's not what's going to happen to them but the grandchildren were in and they stuck these little pictures all over the house they're on jugs they're on doors they're on my computer they're on the floor in the toilet they're everywhere these little pictures of the girl and her fiancé and that reminded me of a story and the story is about a Brazilian widow Maria and her daughter Christina they lived in a small house in a village and Maria stubbornly protected her daughter worked hard for her 15 years later Christina was a beautiful young lady and wanted to get a job to help she wanted the city not a little village in the country the lights the shops the buzz the streets Maria was horrified people won't know you there Christina you'll be lonely there jobs might be difficult what would you do for a living when you go away to the city Maria knew what Christina would have to do for a living her heart recoiled at the thought what a heartbreak to go through to the bedroom one morning the bed was empty yeah I know where she's gone so Maria gathered some clothes all her money and ran to catch the bus but she stopped on the way to the bus she made a little diversion she went into the chemist shop and she got little passport black and white pictures of herself as many as she could afford and took the next bus to Rio Maria knew that Christina would not get a job she knew her daughter was stubborn knowing this she began her search the bars the hotels the nightclubs any place in Rio that she could find that had a dubious reputation every place she went to she left her picture her little passport picture fastened to the mirror to the door 
to the notice board. In the back of each picture she wrote a little note. Soon all her pictures ran out. No sign of her daughter and had a lonely journey home. She never found Christina. Some weeks later, Christina came down the stairs, her young, fresh face was tired. Her dream had become a nightmare. Oh, if only I could go home. But the journey's too far. The journey's too far in view of what I have been up to. It's too far for me to go home in view of what I've done. Then, at the bottom of the stairs, she noticed someone's picture. And she looked. This small picture, its mother. Christina's eyes blurred. There was a frog on her throat. She went nearer the picture and she picked it up. And she turned it over and read the message. Whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. I love you. Come home. And she did. And friend, this is what the gospel is saying to me and to you tonight. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, I love you. And you're welcome to come to Jesus. Make no mistake about it. You're welcome to come to Jesus. Now when I was thinking about the little pictures, I said I'm going to try and find seven pictures that I would like to bring to your attention. And each of these pictures is saying to you and to me, come home. And the seven pictures are the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And it's just a glimpse. The first of these is Luke 23:34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The onlookers were shouting, Come down from the cross. If you are the Son of God, let you come down out of there. The religious leaders were saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. The soldiers, if you are a king of the Jews, save yourself. Bitter, acidic, were the nails not enough? Was the flogging not sufficient? The thorns apparently not. Peter tells us they hurled insults at him. We've broken his body. We've broken his body. But there's something there we would like to break. It's his spirit. 
will hurl insults at him who would mock a dying man how terrible to sneer how perverted to sneer at the pain then the criminal did the same didn't he aren't you supposed to be the Christ eh come down from the cross and if you can save us as well no wonder Jesus James rather tells us that the tongue is a fire a world of wickedness but Jesus did not retaliate he did not say just you wait till I get even he did not ask for an apology he did not stand up for his rights rather he spoke in their defense father forgive them how Jesus with his eyes blinded with blood his lungs gulping for air his body racked with pain could speak on behalf of these heartless thugs there's more than I can understand How could he do it? I don't know. But I'll tell you the problems I have pale into insignificant. <coughs> My hurts seem very little. Here then in this first picture with on the back of it or at the centre of it is the message I love you come home whatever you've done here in this picture is a glimpse of our great intercessor who as the book of Hebrews tells us makes continual intercession picture number two Luke 23:43 He was numbered with the transgressors and here's the evidence of it in the second picture he says to the thief Today you will be with me in paradise If anybody was worthless surely this guy he had nothing he was a loser the only sermon he ever heard or ever saw was a man on a cross And that man was beaten, slashed. That man was deserted. That man was forsaken by his followers and his friends. But somehow the thief realized he was in good company. And somehow he realized that all he had was a prayer. And this is the prayer he had. Lord, remember me. I can ask you a question, can't I? Have you ever prayed that? Lord, remember me. 
and he got far more than he asked for I remember when we used to use postcards people would say to me when you're away send me a, a postcard and I was saying to myself well a postcard's not very much but what would you think if I sent you a first class ticket to join me well all he was after was as it were a postcard and he got a first class ticket yes I can understand how Jesus was pleased to have the woman of Samaria she was a, a lady about town she was became a good evangelist I can understand how he was interested in Zacchaeus he had power and money and influence but this guy he was done for he didn't even have time all he had was the worst of reputations that's the point it does not depend on what you can or what you have or what you will do for Jesus his love is free all it took was a prayer have you been there are you there now are you speaking to him he knows I have no idea but he knows whether well, there's a transaction going on between you and heaven Lord remember me that's the second picture the third one woman behold your son well there was Mary how she must have felt oh I remember the baby in my arms it was lovely I remember looking for a room a place to stay at Bethlehem I remember the home we had at Nazareth the sound of the carpentry tools I remember that panic we had we, we lost him uh, do you know where he is uh, do you know where, I haven't seen him for two days where's he gone to I remember I remember these things but now this my son yeah I wasn't too upset when he went in for the ministry but now he's fastened on a tree he's bleeding with flies yeah I think I've got an understanding now of what the priest said to me Mary a sword will pierce your own soul also but now in the parting Jesus was caring in her trouble he was loving Jesus said to Mary behold your son 
Yes, I'm saying goodbye. I'm dying, but it is for you. I'm caring for you. Remember, he said to his disciple, This is your mother. And to the mother, This is your son. This is your boy. I'm caring for you. I understand the desolation you feel. But I'm caring for you. Do you know, friend, Jesus is still the same. When you're feeling lonely, I am with you. When you're feeling lonely in the middle of the night, wondering what's round the corner, I am with you. We don't know what's round the corner, but we know who is. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with you. When things are dark, is there any among you in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the Lord. Though I in midst of trouble walk, I life from thee shall have. What about the future? I don't understand my circumstances. What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Isn't that a lovely verse in the psalm? This poor man cried. God heard and saved him from all his distresses. Picture four, perhaps the big one. They're all big ones. What's the fourth saying of the Saviour on the cross? I shouldn't have to tell you. Although I'm going to. I want this picture to be riveted in your mind. In the eye of your heart. In the faith of your soul. The greatest cry ever. The cry of abandonment. Never has anyone been so lonely. The most desperate cry in all of history. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? Go back there to Leviticus 16. The crowd quietens. The priest Aaron receives the goat which is pure and unspotted he takes his two hands and places it places his hands on the head of the goat and says the sins of the people are upon you and the goat is led out into the wilderness <coughs> the sins of lust of selfishness of dishonesty of pride of two-facedness of bitterness of selfishness of drunkenness of missing an opportunity to say Christ is Lord then here again the sin bearer is alone. Your lie and mine. 
Your exaggeration and mine is on his shoulders. Your selfish thought is nailed to the tree. In his own body, on the tree. He who was always one with his father. He who could say, I and the father are one. Now asking the big question. He was silent when they hammered the nails into him. He just looked when his friends walked away. He did not retaliate when they made fun of him. What a cry from these dried lips and that hurting heart. What a picture for you, he cried. For me, he cried. So that you would hear the gospel, he cried. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh yes, we know some of the answers. To make atonement, all their iniquities. There's a verse, isn't it, in Romans where it says God condemned sin in the flesh, not your flesh. His flesh. To fulfill prophecy, to satisfy divine justice, to glorify God and to offer The gift of grace to us. But there's much more than this. It's a well. It's a fountain open. It's rivers of water. It's an ocean. It's a spring. Think, friend, of the lonely. Of the widow. Of the young man in prison. Of the old lady in the nursing home. Think of the person you know facing death in the hospital ward. Think of the soldier in Ukraine, the dying because of hunger in Africa. Jesus understands. Jesus understands their situation. He knows what it is to be forsaken. So that you will never be. Yea, though I walk in death's dark veil, yet will I fear none ill, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely, Friend, when floods of waters great do swell up to the brim, they shall not overwhelm your soul. 
although they overwhelmed him. And on the back of that picture, or at the heart of that picture, doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Come home. I love you. You're welcome. Number five. I thirst. How wonderful. What's wonderful about that? I get thirsty too. I've been thirsty this week quite often with the heat. How's that amazing? We've just heard him forgiving promising paradise, caring for his mother, crying to God, but why this cry? Why did he cry, I thirst? That the scripture might be fulfilled, we're told. He cried, I thirst, so that we would know he's just like you. He's a man. The word became flesh. God became God incarnate. He who walked in water changed water into wine. Still the waves made every drop of water in the world. Here he is, the thirsty guy. Praise God that he who is forever God is now forever God and forever man. Yes, he was thirsty because of the bleeding back. He was thirsty because of the three hours of darkness. But he was thirsty because of the big thing, which Dougal Buchanan, the Scottish poet, expressed in this way, what would have taken the whole of humanity, an eternity of suffering, was born by him. and consumed by him in a moment of time. That's why he was thirsty. This cry, I thirst, is the cry that people you knew are experiencing now and will do forevermore. Perhaps people you never spoke to about Jesus. People who are in the grave awaiting for the judgment seat. Remember the story that Jesus told. Send Lazarus. Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may, may dip his finger in cold water and put it in on my tongue. I'm so thirsty. Why? Why was he thirsty? Luke 16 tells us. And it's a warning to you and to your friends and to your family and to me. The warning is there for us. It's stark. 
For I am tormented in this flame. The Lord Jesus is opening the curtain, seeing into the eternal world, into the lost eternity, and the language of the eternally thirsty. But he's showing you something of it. When he himself cried, I thirst. The next picture is, it is finished. John 19 God on a cross with a loud voice he cried it is finished the job is done the cry of victory God has now revealed himself to mankind he spoke about this a little earlier in John in chapter 17 when he said I have finished the work he was in that prayer in John 17 in the anticipation of it it is finished do you believe this friend do you believe that Jesus did all that was necessary I'm asking you a question. I'm asking your conscience a question. Do you believe that Jesus did everything that you need in view of the judgment seat? A.W. Pink addresses this and I think it's his book The Seven Sayings of Christ on the Cross with a story about the, the carpenter and the farmer. The farmer was trying to tell the carpenter that the grace of God was free, that the work was finished, that there was nothing more for him to do but to receive and accept Jesus Christ freely offered to him in the gospel. The carpenter wasn't getting it. So the farmer set in a plan. He said, okay, would you make me a gate for that field? Please make me a gate. The carpenter was a good carpenter. So the farmer came and collected the, the gate. And said to the carpenter, I'm going to fix the gate onto the strainer tomorrow. Come down about lunchtime. We'll have a bite of lunch. And we'll fix the gate up together. You'll see the gate in, in position. So sure enough, the carpenter came down. And they went down in the pickup to the field. And uh, the farmer reaches into the back of the pickup. And they took out his axe. And here was the gate, just about to be put in place. And what did the, what did the farmer do? He took the axe. He started knocking little chips off the gate. He tried to improve the gate. The carpenter said, the gate's perfect. What are you doing with the axe? Leave the gate alone. The gate's perfect. It's a great fit. And the farmer turned to him and said, that's what you're doing with the grace of God. You're changing it. You think you can improve it. 
it is finished the last picture number seven father Luke twenty three forty six. father into your hands I commend my spirit this was the site of home now again one with his father previously he was crying my God now it's father the voice that screamed my God now into your hands I commend my spirit death is swallowed up Satan is beaten the battle is over I am at rest Father I'm coming home he said it with a loud voice and he breathed his last I was with a cousin a month ago in Balafiri and I thought I saw him breathe his last it's a solemn moment you will breathe your last I will breathe my last isn't it wonderful that because of these pictures of Jesus we have hope and we can say Father into thy hands I commend my spirit this is the precedent for the death of the, the believer this is what you have in Jesus Christ can you say he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day I used, you might, might perhaps you don't know the words off by heart but have you got that kind of over to you without you I'm done for I've mucked up all the way along my journey but you're lovely you're altogether lovely I want you to be with me I want you to bring me I want to bring them home says Jesus that they would behold my glory And that they would have a little foretaste of it here. If you are saying something along that line in your heart tonight, this is heaven on earth. This is the safe, secure place, the shelter, the refuge. And you can say, as it says at the end of Psalm 4, I will both lay me down in peace. And quiet sleep will take because thou only me to dwell in safety Lord dost make my flesh Psalm 16 
my flesh in confidence shall rest have you met with Jesus tonight have you worshipped him tonight have you said to him thank you have you seen a glimpse of how glorious he is well go tell others go tell your friend go tell your work colleague that he is risen he is ascended he is alive and don't be surprised if they say that's rubbish because they said that to Jesus we're frightened to tell we don't doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter where you've been it doesn't matter how little you know I don't think the thief on the cross knew very much I don't think he could recite the Westminster Shorter Catechism I don't think he'd be able to quote John 3.16 but the thief on the cross would say well I don't know I asked him to remember me and he said you'll be with me in paradise that is absolutely wonderful go tell the story and tell your friend there is hope May God bless his word to us. Let us again turn to prayer. Lord, it's perfectly clear to us that we don't know what to pray for as we ought. It's perfectly clear to us that without you there is no fruit for the gospel. It's not because of the fact that we gather together it's because of the fact that you promise to be with us by your spirit and to take of the things of Christ and make them precious to us Lord there are loads of folks we know who are hurting we think of the pastor here and his family we think of other friends and that we know who are hurting and anxious and we commit them to you we pray for your cause and your kingdom in Scotland. We see how things have gone backwards and seem to be going relentlessly backwards. We have turned our back to you as a nation. Lord, deliver us from that revive us again we pray for our queen and we ask you would overrule in the providence of politics to raise up people there who would stand up for Jesus and those who follow Jesus would be given grace to do so unashamedly 
We pray tonight for the little ones in our family and in our family circle. Children are your heritage. We pray for children unborn, that they would be brought forth for your glory and early come to be for Christ and not for another. We pray for your help as we come to the conclusion of this service, that our minds would be able to reflect on these seven pictures that you give us of the glory of God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, and that we would be saying, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Keep us and pardon us. For Jesus' sake. Amen. I will sing the first part of that psalm we had earlier, Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5. Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5, and page 241. 241. I'll find it here. Uh, 200, it's coming up on the screen, of course. I don't know why I bother, but anyway, I better do it now that I said I will. Uh, Psalm 31, verses 1 to 5, and you'll see the commitment in verse 5. Into thine hands I do commit my spirit, for thou art he, O thou Jehovah God of truth, that hast redeemed me. Psalm 31, 1 to 5, in thee, O Lord, I put my trust.
And Lord, we've come to the end of this hour of worship as far as the motion of the clock is concerned. But not as far as our responsibility is concerned. We've sung these wonderful words. In thee, O Lord, I put my trust. Shamed, let me never be. O Lord, forbid that any of us would have read and sung these words just with our lips that by your spirit we would go into whatever the future holds with that confidence that the psalmist had in thee O Lord I put my trust for your glory Amen